welcome to the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. Woo! I like the energy. Episode 180. It's like our foil cover. No, no, no. We, no, we had that 25. Yeah. Sorry. We're gonna do West Coast Avengers number 40 from January of 1989. You know, we were just talking about editing. This is the end of my junior year of high school. And that's a big question for me is when you do something like that, I'm like, do I leave the in <laughs> yeah, or do I the, just... It was part of the funny bit at the beginning. Like, like I didn't know what I was doing here. You got to leave that in. Because I mean, now, now you have to leave it in because we're talking about it. Is it a bit? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a bit. I mean, yeah. most of the time I'm like, I don't think you do know what you're doing here. <laughs> I'm just sitting here staring at the book like, yep. I mean, v- uh, viewers, listeners can't see you, but often you have this look on your face like... Thank that, God for them that they can't see me. That says, what have I done to deserve this? <laughs> <laughs> I just read this uh, this afternoon before we came. Sounds we like came Jason. Yeah. Uh, this is the West Coast Avengers with, with the Night Shift and... Uh, this one is written by Mark Grunwald. Yep, it's still drawn by Al Milgram, but Mark Grunwald wrote it because Steve Englert is gone. And this is the last Al Milgram issue. Mm. We will not be seeing Al Milgram on this title again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's weird that Milgram got one more issue than Grunwald, than Grunwald, than Englehart did. And it makes me wonder if Steve Englehart did not plan to leave the book when he left the book. I wonder if they'll talk about it in like a Mark's remark or a letters column or something because it seems like that i mean it just does seem weird because he didn't i mean he set up the whole phantom rider thing and he set up the whole moon knight conchu thing and it would be really odd if he left without actually closing those plot threads but he does who um who did the original four issue series roger stern and we know it's not him stern and who a bob hall yeah that sounds right yeah okay so it's weird that, and I don't know why Milgram leaves. Why yeah, Roger you know, Stern's off like writing Superman at this point, isn't he? I believe you're. I believe that's accurate. Yes, I'm familiar with most of the characters in the Night Shift. This one is called "And Now the Night Shift." By the way, I'm familiar with most of the characters, at, at least by sight. I know who they are. I can name them from their looks. This issue starts on a splash page with Mockingbird on top of a building, looking down at the character known as Digger, whose name I couldn't remember. I was like, is that Gravedigger? Is that uh, Shovel Man? No, that was from uh, uh, The Miracle Men. Did you ever see that movie? Miracle Men? Yeah. With Miracle Men? Mystery Men. Mystery Men. I love Mystery Men. With the shoveler? Oh my God, the shoveler's great. Anyway, so he's burying, um, I guess they're like mobster type guys because they're in suits. He's burying these guys in the middle of like a downtown LA street. Yes. Up to their necks. And he basically is like, hey, that's cool. We're going to see if you change your story when cars come along and run over your faces. No, 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 no. Is that what he says? No. It's, this is this is brilliant. Oh, I mean, he wants to tell a story. Yes. this Until is, the cars come to run over their faces. So Digger originally appeared. Yeah, you need to explain Digger to me because he's a weirdo. He is great. The way they're using him is great. Digger originally appeared in Tower of Shadows number one in September of 1969, created by... Jim Steranko. Oh, crazy Jim Steranko. He, he's, he's have you got ever a, met Jim Steranko? Have I ever? No. Have you met him? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where did you meet him at a, at a at, convention? At a convention, yeah. He was, well, he's a wackadoo. Yeah. Yeah, that's He's what like five feet tall. And is he dressed, really? And he's dressed in like a three-piece suit with dark sunglasses on. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's be- become a huge Trump fan. Really? Uh-huh. It doesn't surprise me because he's a bit of a shyster con man himself. Yes, exactly. If if Jim Steranko had done half the things in comics that Jim Steranko tells you he has done in comics, <laughs> he would be the most important person that ever worked in the medium. Yeah, yeah. Which is not to take away from the fact that his he's artwork like the Chuck is, Barris of comics. Yes, 
<laughs> in any case, in Tower of Shadows number one, this guy's name was is his real name is Roderick Krupp, but that's not really important. That's pretty awesome though, too. Well, is it with a K or a C? With a K. Of course, that's awesome. And here's what's great: Tower of Shadows was basically a horror anthology, and Digger was the oh, horror he was the host, host of it, like right, like, like a crypt keeper, yeah, yeah, or I like Cain that. and Abel. And yep. that's what's so great about this because he's dug these people in and he's going to tell them a story because that's what he did in his original title, and he calls it a bad time story. Yes, yeah. so he's even doing the stupid crypt keeper puns. I love this page. This. This I, I enjoy this entire issue, oh, yeah. but this page makes me so happy just because Mark Grunewald is using a horror narrator in the best way possible in a superhero comic. I am a little upset that Mockingbird is here because I'm almost positive in the last issue she said she was staying in New York. They landed in New York. I thought she was staying in New York. You're right. But, hey, whatever. Her and the rest of her friends well, have come back to Los Angeles. Do we know what the time lapse is on this? I don't believe we do. Did this... Mm. And it's really not that important. So Mockingbird sees Digger burying people in the in the street so he can force stories on them. And she's like, he's a bad guy. I'm going to fight him in the face. <laughs> and she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. And she beats him. I, it's actually great that he like she knocks his shovel out of his hand and then hits it. So it, the, the handle springs up and hits him in the face. And then she ties him up using the handle or using yeah. the shovel as like a stock thing to hold him his arms back truly mockingbird has not been this cool and i don't know how many issues yeah thanks mark so yeah she takes him to the police station and he's yeah he's being held by the cops and the cops are like hey he's that night shift guy and mockingbird goes hmm night shift oh there they do call him roderick krupp there you go alias the digger and then we go to somewhere outside la to the psycho uh to the Bates motel up on the hill and we see the rest of the night shift, except for the Shroud, pretty much the rest of the night shift. They are all gathered together waiting for the Shroud. Right. Uh, so, yeah. See, Werewolf by Night doesn't look as cool here as he did when he was drawn by... He doesn't have the ears. Yeah. So, let's try and take all these guys that we've not seen before. Do we want to go clockwise from the bottom here? Let's yeah, start sure. with TikTok. So, TikTok is from... Uh, originally appeared in Spider-Woman number 50 in June of 1983. Created by Anna Senti and Brian Postman. So, he's pretty new. He is relatively new. He is a precog, uh, and he can also stop. Eventually, gets the ability to, to stop time for for short. I mean, just short bursts of stopping time. So his thing is he can see a couple different timelines, like he, four or five. Yeah, I kind of see it like the way that Destiny saw the future, where she, you know, she saw it, but it could change because there's it, always more yeah, yeah. futures. It could be and, any one of these yes. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that like her, he usually picks like the most probable. So that's TikTok. The next one is the eye, right? Sorry, I just have to say, TikTok also great because he's also one of these kind of like schlubby, yeah. chubby guys because what is powers? You don't need to be... He doesn't have a, a costume or anything. He's no, just a guy. And... Just, yeah, he's got a suit jacket. Actually, the next one is the needle. Oh, that's the needle. Okay. The needle first appeared in Spider-Woman number nine back in December of 1978. And he's a mute, right? Yes, he is mute because I believe his lips are sewn shut. Uh, like Murmur? He is created by Mark Grunewald and Carmine Infantino. Uh, and he has the ability to paralyze you hypnotically. He has right. to look in your eyes, and then he can paralyze and you. And he also can fight you with a giant knitting needle. He's a huge needle. <laughs> well, it's not a knitting needle. It's one of those needle with like an eye in the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Uh, the next is Dance Macabre. Dance Macabre first appeared in Marvel Team-Up number 93 back in May of 1980, created by Stephen Grant and Carmine Infantino. Uh, she hypnotizes people through dance. She can also supposedly kill people with a different dance if you if you see it. And when she's dancing, you can't detect her. That's stupid. Whatever that means. (laughs) So she can hypnotize you, but you can't detect her. 
Well, I mean, like you can't find her with like uh, you a can't flashlight. Like, you can't record her on electronic things, and you can't like if you're I don't know scrying. I, if you're if you're if you're ninth level mage is scrying for her. Look, I don't know. So if I throw bones down, I'm not going to be able to <laughs> look, envision her. Look, write Stephen Grant a letter. I don't know what to tell you, uh, but she is apparently the the deputy leader of the night shift. I don't like her. She's one of the characters I don't like in this group. She's the only character in this group that I'm not a big fan of. The next one I don't like is the next one. Oh, Misfit. Misfit. I don't like him. Misfit's just boring. This is his first appearance. Oh, really? Yes, and he's just a big, ugly guy who happens to be super strong. He's like crazy deformed. Yeah. Like one arm is tiny and the other one's huge. And yeah, he's strong. And he's like, isn't he just wearing like pants? Yeah, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's he's really a boring character. He's kind of like, and he's also very aggro. Very alpha male, but he's kind of like the boring, strong guy that you always seem to have in these. I don't know why. No, he's like the Hulk of the group. Yes, exactly. But um, more, uh, less uh, height. And then we go to, they're split here. I mean, I'm saying going uh, clockwise, but let's go with the Brothers Grimm. The Brothers Grimm first appeared in Spider-Woman number three in June of 78. They were created by Marv Wolfman and Carmine Infantino. Carmine Infantino drew a lot more Marvel comic books than I realized. I guess it was a lot of Spider-Woman, because that's where a lot of these came from. They are Percy and Barton Grimes. They were realtors who found magical costumes in a house (laughs) and put those costumes on to become villains. Basically, the costumes give them the ability to... That's the dumbest origin ever. They um the costumes give them the ability to pull like stupid little minor magical tricks out of them. Yeah, but they're they're weird and they can they can actually do a lot. Yo, yeah, their their powers are very nebulous because they can pull pretty much anything out of these costumes. They're kind of like a cross between Mysterio and like the Jester from Daredevil, but but more magical. Yeah, yeah. They in f- fact don't they f- they fight uh, Scarlet Witch at some point and she makes a a point of saying that she's going against magic and her yes. hexes don't work the same way, which I've never heard of before. Yeah, but yeah, they um and they they fly around in these little clouds, which I absolutely adore. They yeah. look so cool flying around. Uh, next is Tatterdemalion. Tatterdemalion. Hold on. Tatterdemalion. Doesn't he smell really bad? Isn't he a homeless guy that stinks? That is exactly right. He is from Werewolf by Night, number nine. And he fights people with a super long scarf. Yes. (laughs) That's an idiot. (laughs) Created in September of 1973 by Jerry Conway and Tom Sutton. His real name is Arnold Pattenroth. Of course. And as you say, he's basically a homeless guy who smells really bad. He soaks his clothes in some kind of weird chemicals so that they will rot when they hit like, like... pretty much flimsy substances anyway, like paper. They will rot them. I think he originally would attack people with money and destroy the people money. made out of paper? No, no. People he, dressed in paper. He would attack. He's basically a homeless guy attacking the wealthy and destroying their money. How does that help him? Uh, he's pretty much crazy. I don't think he really cares. He's not trying to redistribute the wealth. And like you said, he has a weighted uh, scarf that he uses in battle as well. He's like Tom Baker, Doctor Who, but yeah. smells bad. I mean, I don't know Tom Baker personally. <laughs> But presumably he doesn't smell that bad. Uh, and then last in that panel is Werewolf by Night, who is Jack Russell. I feel like we've met him We have before. met him before. He was in the, when they went to um, Kafan, right? Yes. Yeah. Because his family is something with that group of weirdos. So uh, and then the next panel down, we see Gypsy Moth flying. Gypsy Moth was the only other member besides the Shroud that we hadn't talked about. She is from Spider-Woman number 10 in January of 1979, created by Mark Grunewald and Carmine Infantino. And she is a telekinetic 
but she only likes to use her telekinesis on soft materials because hard materials are unpleasant for her. It took me a while to understand what was going on with her power because she says she only attacks fibrous things. She like yes. takes care of like, um, like people's costumes or Hawkeye's bowstring at some point. And I realized, oh, because moths get in people's closet and eat their clothes. Yes. <laughs> like, that is the dumbest thing ever. Her powers are so interesting <laughs> because she is more powerful. Like, she can affect anything with her telekinesis, but she doesn't like to. And I love the fact that she flies by basically telekinetically lifting the clothes that she's wearing. Yeah, yeah, she can control her outfit. Yeah. So my big question is, they're all sitting around this table. Why is anyone near Tatterdemalion? <laughs> right? He should be all by himself. Oh. And really, why is anyone around Misfit? My power is that I stink. Oh. Like his arm got Misfit's arm gets weirder every time they show him. Yeah, I wonder if it what if that's intentional or if Malgrim's because he's got one huge arm and then he's got one really tiny little T Rex arm. Yeah, at first I thought it was just like a normal human, but it's like it looks like a balloon that's deflating. Yeah, <laughs> it's just flopping around. But in any case, they don't know where the shroud is. And they're very unhappy about this. And then Gypsy Moth comes in with word that... That the Avengers took down Digger. Yes, who was shaking down the Calamari brothers. Which I just love. And so now they're upset with Mockingbird because she's the one that took him in. And as far as they know, she's still part of the West Coast Avengers. Because it's not like Hawkeye put out a press release saying, Hey, I'm divorcing my wife. And she left the team along with these other two losers. What? Hawkeye's getting divorced? So yeah, they show they decide we're going to go attack the West Coast Avengers because this is our town. So they pile into their night shift mobile, which is a her- where they have two, two hearses, of them, two hearses, and it's hearses. Which again, I love these guys so much. They're like the monsters. How did they <laughs> not have their own comic series? And so they get to Avengers Mansion, and we see the Brothers Grimm do something cool where they basically create this magical giant beanstalk that mm-hmm. they use to get over the yep. wall of the compound. Yep, they throw magic beans down. So, Well, not for them to get over, for everyone else to get over the wall. Yeah, the they can fly over. They got their cloud things. And Gypsy Moth destroys the fiber optics in the cameras because that's... They're made know. out of strings, right? Yeah. Sure. The, uh, the needle goes in and hypnotizes the groundskeeper the, whose house they burst into. And then is that the groundskeeper's wife upstairs or just some prostitute that he brought home? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Let's not judge. I mean... But I don't think she... I think she's just another one of the staff. Ay caramba. So the alarm goes off. Yes. Waking Hawkeye up off the couch that he sleeps on now. Yeah. (laughs) Because his marital bed is ruined. (laughs) I don't know why. That's the same couch he was on in the pinup in the annual. He was just like lounging on a couch. Hawkeye's couch. Hawkeye's couch. Takes it everywhere with him. So Hawkeye sends out an alert, but of course, the vision of the Scarlet Witch, only one of them can go because they have to watch the kids. And of course, it has to be the girl that stays behind to watch the goo. Obviously. Men don't watch children. So the vision goes off to fight while the Scarlet Witch stays behind. (laughs) And she's like, it's just going to be Hawkeye, Vision, and Simon, but I don't even know if he's home. And they cut to a panel of Wonder Man's room, and his bed is ridiculous. His bed is a crib, I think? Does he sleep in a kid's bed? I think he does. With his weight bench right in front of it? And a poster of himself on the wall. Mm. I mean, it really does seem like where he would sleep. It's like the room of a 15-year-old kid. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, Vision and Hawkeye basically go out to fight the entire night shift. Which, I mean, some of these guys aren't that tough. But that being said... They seem more annoying than anything. (laughs) They really do. You're fighting a bunch of pests. And there's this wonderful... um, There's this wonderful splash page of them all facing off against, against the Vision and Hawkeye. And I love it because... TikTok is standing on the porch, basically like 
no one look at me. Don't fight me. I'm afraid that anybody... <laughs> because off he, to the side. Yes, and I like the fact that Needle has this giant needle pointed at their... At the prostitute's head. At Yolanda. <laughs> Whoever she is. Huh. So, I mean, you would think that the Vision could just wipe out all of these people in one fell swoop. Yeah, he really should be able to. But, you know, things happen. <laughs> he goes back and forth. Gypsy Moth is doing a good, doing a number on Hawkeye. And then we take a break from the fight to catch up with Mockingbird, Moon Knight, and Tigra. Mockingbird explains what happened with Digger and with the Night Shift. And these three decide they're going to go check out the Night Shift's headquarters and see what's up with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this panel. We should You should take a picture of this one for the Instagram. Um, Moon Knight is steering his mooncopter. And he pushes the yoke forward. And when it does, it makes speed lines. It makes him look like he's frowning. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> Uh, back to the compound. The Scarlet Witch has left the kids with Yolanda. Jorge. Oh, well, that's the guy that they woke up that was downstairs. Yeah. And so she's joining the fight. And this is... I'm, I'm just going to complain really quickly about mm. the way the Scarlet Witch's powers are used. The Scarlet Witch's powers are supposed to make the improbable happen. And instead, she uses it on Gypsy Moth. And she says, sure would be improbable if gravity went wild. One person were suddenly pulled to Earth at great speed while another floated down like a leaf. That's not improbable. That's impossible. It's against the laws of physics. Well, it would be improbable if one of them floated down softly. It would be impossible because that's not how gravity works. Improbable. Uh, it just annoys me. All what you if a to- comet at that time was flying between the Earth and the moon, <laughs> split the moon in half, and Thundar the Barbarian showed up? <laughs> oh, the only thing that would make this book better is if Thundar the Barbarian showed up. And with that, that's where we see her concern that she's hexing their... Dance Macabre's magic. Right? No, no uh, Brothers Grimm. The Brothers yeah. Grimm, they, they throw jumping beans at her and she hexes them and they turn into cotton balls. That stick to her. Yeah, so she can't move. They pin her arms down so she can't do her stuff. I, I do like that Dance Macabre calls Yolanda a scullery maid. If sure. Why not? It's another word for it. <laughs> So, yeah, that fight happened. It's funny, though, because the, you know, the night shifter keep yelling at Honkai and the others about what they did, have done to Digger. And Honkai is like, who is Digger? What is happening here? I don't understand. So they basically they immobilize Scarlet Witch, Vision, and Hawkeye. And the one brother Grimm is like, dude, this can't be all of the West Coast Avengers. Let's go look for someone else. Yeah, there's got to be somebody else. And then we cut to the ex-Avengers. At uh, Shroud Mansion, <laughs> being attacked by his traps again. Yeah, his traps. But they finally make it, they finally make it to their to their conference room table, which is just piled with stacks of cash, gold ingots, and I guess pirate treasure. And then there's a rack in the background. There's a noose hanging there. There's an Iron Maiden bunch of torture devices and then they left a note for the shroud on a giant scroll (laughs) i love it so much yes i love the fact that that's their post-it notes or scrolls dear shroud paying visit on the avengers to negotiate diggers release join us if you get back tonight dm the dungeon master (laughs) oh i love it and they're like tiger's like should we go warn the west coast avengers (laughs) like nah no no we're definitely not doing that we're gonna wait here for the shroud oh so uh, the night shift's wandering around, and you know, Wonder Man finally comes home from whatever weird date he was on. Yes, Wonder Man comes home and turns the, t- the tide back in the Avengers' favor. 
My goodness, the picture of Misfit what? at the bottom of that page. If you thought he was looking weird before, he's fighting Wonder Man and he just looks... His chest is the size of like four people. He's a, He looks completely different every single time. It must be fun to draw him because it doesn't matter what you draw. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, but yes, Wonder Man's arrival enables the Avengers to turn the tide. And they take them all out. Yeah, and they do. Back at Shroud, at Shroud Cave, at the Shroud Castle. The Inner Sanctum. Shroud arrives to see the, to the tigers just lounging on the table. Reading scroll. And oh, no, she found another scroll. An itemized list of where all, those, uh, where all the loot came from. I love the people they stole from Meat Hook Moynihan. <laughs> That's wonderful. Five gold bullions. How many gold bullions do you think Meat Hook Moynihan has lying what is, around? What is a gold, a gold bullion, right. like, let alone five? What makes up <laughs> a gold bullion? I'm guessing we're meeting the ingots, but that's wonderful. <laughs> and I like that, that Mockingbird says, when is this mob of monsters with MBAs going to show up? Because <laughs> what, what the Avengers or these ex-Avengers are beginning to realize is that they're stealing from crooks, not from good people, which, of course, is the Shroud's whole thing. Right. But the Shroud sees they're there and basically says, Boo, I'm not going to talk to you, and we're never coming back to this hideout. It's burnt. See you later. And then what happens? Does he, he leaves. He says, I saw the note, or I sensed a note on the table from Dance, and, and, he, and he knows they're at the West Coast Avengers estate, so he goes to the estate. By this point in time... <sighs> The West Coast. Oh, they've moved inside. Okay. The West Coast Avengers me. have captured all of Night Shift, and they set them up for a game of musical chairs. <laughs> it's really what it looks like. <laughs> but um, before the Avengers can do very much with them, the Shroud appears, makes everything black. Night Shift skedaddles, and the Avengers are left alone. Now Hawkeye finds the Shroud, and it's like we need to talk because remember well, Hawkeye. Hawkeye knows the where Shroud goes to meet with him, and Hawkeye knows that the Shroud is a good guy pretending to be a bad guy. Right. So he goes to that cliff where Mockingbird and Phantom Rider had a thing a little while ago, right? Is that that same promontory I so, cliff? Yes. And yeah. And he basically says to the, you know, Hawkeye says to the Shroud, "This is BS. Your team attacked my team. We're supposed to have an understanding." And Shroud's like, "I didn't authorize it." And also, by the way, you suck because I hear your wife quit your team. <laughs> Loser. They don't really part on the best of terms, but they part okay. Yeah, they're like. Hawkeye said, you know, you're, this this fake criminal thing isn't going to hold up very well. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he's like, I'm going to have to tell my team the truth. And he's and Shroud's, you know, do whatever you got to do. I don't care. Yeah. And then they leave. And then the Shroud disappears. So it is, this is not just my favorite issue of the West Coast Avengers that we've read in a while. This is my favorite Avengers issue we've read in I don't know how long. I adore, <laughs> I adore this issue. This is actually a good West Coast Avengers issue because they have somebody to fight that isn't idiotic. Well, I mean, they're quirky, but then they, they fight well together. They're interesting. They're, like, in, they're not cactuses and, and mountains and, and lizards brought to life. If you continue <laughs> to make fun of the cactus, we're going to have a problem. But yeah, it's this is an interesting team with interesting powers. They're not overpowering, clearly, but there's enough of them to give, especially when you only have three or four Avengers, it's enough to give them, you know, give them pause. I could see where this whole team could give Spider-Woman a problem. Oh my gosh, yes. So I'm... They, they are basically her entire rogues gallery, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Except for Turner Decentry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really like this. This is what the West Coast Avengers should have always been. Unfortunately, we've only got a we've got one more issue of the West Coast Avengers to tie up the plot line with the Phantom Rider and with Moon Knight Conchu. And then John Byrne comes in and the team is completely Blows it all apart. Yeah. 
competition. Which, in a way, is good. It needed a change. Yeah. This book, I, I'm not a bit, we'll talk about this more in a couple weeks. I'm not a huge fan of what John Byrne does, but this book needed a, f- a fresh start. It needed a not Steve Englehart. Yeah, it really did. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's yeah. where we're at. All but right. this was good. It was so refreshing. Yes. To I do an it. issue that I really enjoyed. I, I didn't complain about it other than some weird things, but I wasn't really complaining. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But it's the night shift. They're not supposed to make sense. Nope. Again, I would have was read... There ever, was there a night shift book? No. Which is such a shame. I would have read a night shift book in a second. You know your stupid solo Avengers? Why don't we just put the night sh- shift in half of that issue, the other half? Hawkeye and the night shift. What am I, would I have thinking bought. of? Was it Night Stalkers? Was that a... That, that was, was Night Stalkers, yeah. I knew it was something with night and an S. Night Stalkers. In the early 90s. They tried to give Shroud his own book. He had a limited series. Yeah, but like a four-issue thing, yeah. I, I, and I don't, I don't dislike the Shroud, but I don't think he can carry his own series. But if you put him at the head of a, of a Night Shift series, I think you have a book. Yeah, all the characters from Night Shift and Shroud, if Moon Knight would have moved out to the West Coast and stayed there, yep. they, had a, they could have built up a whole West Coast thing. Yeah. Spider-Woman still out there. Yeah. Yeah, you could have done something interesting, but... Unfortunately, Night Shift after this, I'm not... Well, actually, they will come back to fight the Avengers, the West Coast Avengers again in, I don't know, like 30 issues. They get a, they get, they get a glow up. <laughs> they, get, they get powered up by a demon. Oh, good. Is it Master Pandemonium? Oh, don't we wish. <laughs> I believe it's satanish. Oh, okay. That's not bad, I guess. No, I mean, who doesn't love a demon with a face in his head and a face in his stomach? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jason, it's time to go. Yep. I'm going to get out of your house now. Please do. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was a fun issue. Uh, if you want to comment about it, our email is avenginghour at gmail.com. And you can also see some pictures from it on Instagram at avenginghour. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.